Welcome everybody out there in WKXL Radio Land. You're in for a treat today. The Sports Machine with Slim. New Hampshire's next generation sports talk radio is coming to you live today. Day after Christmas. And I gotta I gotta come out and let people know I was wrong. So Andrew, out back. Go ahead. We're gonna set this thing up for me to be embarrassed. If you wouldn't mind, please roll the tape. An absolutely inept team. A Patriots team that wants to quit. I'm saying it today. This is the capitulation game. We'll be back on the air live on Tuesday morning. we got a Christmas Day special that's airing on Monday, which, Pistol, you will be on from 10 to 11. Thank you for that. But we'll be talking Tuesday about how the Patriots got smoked by Denver. Yeah. That was from yesterday's taped show, which we actually did at the end of last week. I made the prediction. I put it out into the airwaves. I said the Patriots are going to get throttled, smoked, was actually the, the term I used exactly, by Denver. We all know now, if you watched. The Patriots did not, in fact, get smoked by Denver. Let me set the scene for you. The Patriots come out battling Battling. Tough break early in the game. Turn the ball over. Give Denver great field position. Defense comes in, just stands up. They battled all game long. Open up a, what, 15-point lead, 14-point lead, whatever it was, fourth quarter. All of a sudden, Patriots start to get maybe a little bit tired. Maybe Denver feels energized. Whatever the reason is... The tide started the turn, and you saw on TV, you saw the dudes out in the stands at Denver with their shirts off. It was freezing, but the crowd was going nuts out. Denver's fighting for their playoff lives at that time. They need to win. They need to win big time. And the Patriots are standing in their way at 3-11, and and the Patriots should be looking to quit anyway. But they didn't. Denver storms back. Ties the game up at 23. Patriots get the ball back. Drive down the field. Seconds are left. They're in field goal position for a field goal kicker who's missed an extra point earlier in the game. Missed a field goal early in the game. The kid steps up. Ball snapped. Time runs off the clock. Right through the uprights. The Patriots win. 26-23. to Just awesome. Sunday night, Christmas Eve, and the Patriots fans are upset. (laughs) There's plenty of people out in the social media world who are upset. And you've heard me on the airwaves here with the Sports Machine with Slim over the last three weeks saying, the Patriots need to lose every game. We need to lose every single game. We want the best draft pick possible, and I want Belichick gone. It's time to start over. I got respect for him. Thanks for all you've done, Bill. Here's a kick on the way out the door. Go get him. You want that record? Go make it happen. But my mind has changed. I have the right to change my mind. And if I can be as wrong as I was about that prediction, then, I mean, let's just throw our hands up in the air. I'm not going to say I'm clueless and know nothing about professional sports and in particular professional football because I've been right on plenty of takes too. 
But when I'm wrong, I admit it, number one. And number two, I say, how can I do better? The New England Patriots were away from their home on Christmas Eve. Away from their families, away from their kids. They're on a business trip, baby. They went out to Denver with the goal of winning the game. That's the only way that they could have pulled something like that off. I mean, it wasn't sheer talent. The Patriots have been horrible all season. Was it talent that won that game? I mean, sure, there was talent somewhat involved. They had the ability out there. They had the athleticism. But where has that talent been all game long? They look like they're terrible. It was mindset. Dedication. They wanted it more. Maybe that's because they were away from their families. And I'm going to talk about that as we roll on here later in the hour with the sports machine with Slim. We're also going to dig in a little bit with the Celtics. We're going to talk about that Baltimore-San Francisco game last night, which was awesome and which has exposed me for another take that I've had that people might challenge where I say San Francisco 49ers are going to win the championship in the NFL this year. That is going to happen. The San Francisco 49ers are going to be your champions. I've been saying it. I'm still going to be saying it. And I will talk more about that later on. Let's stick with the Patriots right now because, really, it's blown my mind. I think I want Bill Belichick to stay as coach of the Patriots now. (laughs) It's been three weeks, and I've been saying all the time, I want him gone. I want him out of here. He's just older now. His his style doesn't work. And it's time to start anew. We we need some fresh blood up in this piece. We need to get this Patriots organization on the right track. We need a new quarterback that we can build around. And what has Belichick done over the last 20 years to show us that, hey, he can uh, you know, restart this thing from scratch with a new quarterback? Yes, he did it with Tom Brady once, the greatest player to ever lace him up, suit up, whatever. The greatest player in football by a mile. He was gifted that like by the grace of God, just sending a miracle down to the planet Earth that we all got to enjoy for 20 years, Tom Brady. Thank you, miss you, love you. But now we need to start over, and I'm not sure the Belichick is going to be the right guy to do it, but I'll tell you something. What we did Sunday night, people, getting on the plane, going out there to play in that stadium with the lighter air, it's tough to breathe out there, the history of us kind of struggling in Denver, even with Brady out here for all those years, we struggled when we went to Brady. It's a challenge to get out into that air and, and play. you got to have your will in it. And for Bill Belichick to be at the helm, 72 years old or whatever the heck he is, he's old now, but he can still motivate this team. He can still motivate that defense, obviously. Look at the games that we've played. I mean, this is kind of me saying, hey, Jim, you know, you've been putting the guy down the whole time. It's not like we've been giving up on the season as we've gone. I mean, what was the biggest? I said this might be the capitulation loss. That's what I was looking for. Sunday night, I'm waiting for the sign that the team is going to quit on Belichick. I mean, he's old, uh, an older voice. The younger kids sometimes don't like to listen to the older voice. He's structured, militant. He wants to things to be done his way. Well, the new generation wants to do things their way. They want to celebrate. They want to go into the end zone and do flying backflips and, and different celebrations and stuff like that. You know, Belichick's not into that stuff. They want to talk to the media and and you know, share their opinions because they should feel empowered to be able to talk about things. Belichick wants a tight locker room. He doesn't want people talking out there. So everything kind of goes against what supposedly the younger generation of players wants to be able to do 
in the NFL with their careers. Yet, the team ain't giving up on them. Every game they were playing, I mean, they're battling. They're, they're keeping things close. They're, they're trying even against Kansas City. I mean, you could see it wasn't, they didn't give up. It's just Kansas City is better. They got more talent. The Patriots don't have a quarterback. I mean, when you're throwing the ball directly to the other team, I mean, what, what, what the heck? What are you supposed to do? The quarterbacks for the Patriots, whether it was Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, they haven't been good. Now, Zaley, Zaley, Bailey Zappi, I kind of like Zaley, comes in, he played a rock-solid game, good for you. Patriots get a, get a W, and I'm all about it. I'm, I, I've been saying I want the best draft pick, but guess what, people? Some wins, and it's not just a moral victory, like, oh, great, you guys got this one, this one win. No, 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 no. It would have been easy for the team to roll over. Don't you understand, real sports fans? Don't you understand, like, when you give up that 14-point lead in the fourth quarter and Denver has all the momentum, you just want to be home for Christmas. You want this game to be over. Your season, you want it to be over. And the Patriots get the ball back and steamroll down the field and put up a scoring field goal with no time left, like, at the end of the game here. Bingo. And as the the ball goes through the uprights, you look at the reactions from Bailey Zappi and from Bill Belichick. It's funny, I wrote in my notes, the kick goes through the upright. Bailey Zappi is jumping around like a wild man. So much excitement. Like his horrible haircut, his hair's on fire. Belichick doesn't even react. There was like no change of expression on his face when the ball went through the upright. In fact, my wife had, was watching with me, and she said, Belichick looked like he didn't even understand what had happened. Like, <laughs> he didn't know what was going on with the ball going through the, the field goal. Like, he had no idea about football. Belichick is all about just coaching. Obviously, it's not about the personality. It's not about the relationship with the fans. It's not about giving anybody on any interviews any insight or anything excitement based. It's just about coaching and the next play. This guy's brain is different from us and my take might be we we might want to keep this guy around. I want to keep you around, listeners. The Sports Machine with Slim. We got a big day here still to come. WKXL Radio. It's 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. We're coming right back to Talk Celtics. Slim. Yes, New Hampshire does have Sports Talk Radio. Yes, starting up our, what, fourth week here now. We take callers from the audience, 1-603-224-1450. That's the number. If you want to call, you're driving along in your car today, you want to talk about the Patriots' victory, you want to talk about the Celtics, as I'm about to dive in, the great road trip they just had, you can call 603-224-1450. 50. I'm going to start out the Celtics piece by letting everybody know that Derek White has a problem with Jason Tatum. The two of them had an argument on Christmas. 
what? You don't you don't know about this? Twitter, you got to dive into the Twitterverse, people, to see some of this stuff. I saw a post yesterday, last night, as I was just scrolling through Twitter, and the post is a video showing the end of the game. It says Tatum didn't want this turnover. So I don't know if people watch this because I was watching football mostly. I was back and forth with the Celtics. We started out the game against the Lakers, incredible, on fire. I think it was 12-0. And then the Lakers battle back. It's just about tied at halftime. Maybe the Celtics had the lead by one, something like that. It was close for a while. And then the Celtics talent just, I mean, we're too talented. This Boston Celtics are going to win the NBA championship this year. This is what's going to happen. And the sports machine with Slim is going to be here every single day, weekdays, 10 to 11, talking about the Celtics road and ride to victory. They're going to win the NBA championship. We are way too talented. Celtics are just too good. But as I mentioned a week and change ago when the Celtics lost to Golden State on that step back three by Jason Tatum, which was horrible at the end of the game. You just cannot live and die by that shot right then. Well, we saw it yesterday at the end of halftime. Again, Jason Tatum stepped back three against the Lakers. Okay, it is what it is. But the end of the game is what I'm talking about with Derek White. So Derek White has the ball. Celts, I think, have it with 27 seconds left. So there's a few seconds that are going to be left on the game clock at the end of the possession. And you know how these athletes nowadays, like, they don't want to just come down and shoot it, which is the most ridiculous thing. Just come down. Just shoot the ball, dude. Shoot the ball when there's 23 seconds left on the clock. If it goes in... So what? The other team, oh, we're mad. You're running up the score. Like, just shoot a three. What's the, what's the problem, dude? Instead, no, we have to take the 24-second clock and take it out of bounds. And just like, what's the waste? Of, what are we doing here? Just get the game over with. Well, Derek White's dribbling the ball. The shot clock's about to run out. Two, three, four seconds left on the shot clock. Guy comes up to defend Derek White, so he passes the ball slowly towards Jason Tatum. Well, Jason Tatum didn't pick up the ball. He just let it go to the other team, but before it got to the other team, the shot clock ran out. But Tatum didn't want to get the turnover in his, st- you know, in his stats. He didn't want the, t- the turnover added into his stat column for the game. And Derek White, you could see, after the, the whistle ends, the game's over, he goes over to Tatum and is like, hey, you know, I passed you the ball. What's the deal? And Tatum's like laughing about it. And Derek White is saying something to him to the effect, I wasn't there, but listen, dude, you need to catch the ball. When I pass you the ball, you can't be thinking about your statistics and not getting a turnover. That doesn't matter, Jason Tatum. Your turnover, it doesn't matter. What, are you going to get less of a contract? What, are you going to get less of an endorsement? Like, dude, your mind is in the wrong place. And as I said last week and took some heat for it, Drew Holiday should have said to Tatum, hey, I ain't going to pass you the ball if you're just going to be shooting those step-back threes when the game's on the line. Like, I will, I could do that myself, or I can take it into the paint and get a shot off. I can get a better shot than your step-back three. Well, you can't say that. Drew Holiday can't say that. It's going to be terrible for team morale and chemistry, blah, 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 blah. Well, Derek White didn't think it was bad for chemistry to go over to Tatum yesterday. Say, hey, catch the ball when I throw it to you. What's the problem? Where's your mind? We're all oh, we're up by 13. The game's over. Listen, dude, it doesn't matter. Why are you thinking about a turnover? You it's not going to cost you anything. Catch the ball. You're not you're not a serious, you know, mindset. If you're worried about your turnover at the end of the game. And I, I that is a worrisome piece for any Celtics fans 
that out there that that want to you know dig at the Celts and say, hey, this is the same old team, same old mindset. The coaching is bad, as it same as it has been for the last four years, except for Ime. Ime Doka did a great great job here. I can't disagree with that take, but the Celtics just have so much talent, and I believe in the bottom of my heart we're gonna figure it out. And it starts with somebody like Derek White challenging Jason Tatum, saying, hey, listen, dude, what are you thinking about? Catch the ball. Catch the ball when I throw it to you. Don't worry about your statistics. Don't worry about the one turnover added in. Like, who cares? Your assist-to-turnover ratio might be a fraction of a percent in the wrong direction because you catch the ball. Is that really what you're thinking about? Like, it's just... It, it, somebody needs to take the lead of this franchise and this team on the court. Brad Stevens, I guess, has taken the lead of the franchise. What an amazing roster he has put together. This The Cada guy is a revelation. This is a backup big man off the bench. Nobody knows. If you said to anybody going into the season, what's the thing we're going to need? It's a big man who has some muscle and can come in and get rebounds and be a defensive intimidator. This guy's already on our team. The Celtics roster is so loaded. You just have to develop the mindset, the collective mindset like the Baltimore Ravens had last night. And I'm going to talk a little bit about a quote from one of their players here at the end of the game that I'm like in love with. I think the Celtics need to sign this guy. We'll be talking about Baltimore and San Francisco coming up in a minute. The Celtics... What I want us to take a look into, I said before we went on the road trip, big games, everybody's going to be watching Celts play the Clippers, then Christmas Day, Celts play the Lakers and just dismantle them. Celtics are too, too good for these teams. We started out Golden State, we lost the first game of the road trip, but then bingo, we come out and smash Sacramento. So we're 3-4 and four on the road trip, and... Celts have the best record in the NBA. Everybody knows. Anybody who watches basketball knows this team is the best team talent-wise in the NBA. What's going to happen when we get to the playoffs? All right, we're going to find out how tough are we. It only comes down to toughness. It has nothing to do with talent. But let me ask people out there a question. Because going into last night's Baltimore-San Francisco game, Brock Purdy was an overwhelming favorite to win the MVP this season in the NFL. He was, he was bet 100 to make 200, something like that. 200 to make one. Sorry, 200 to make one. So what is he today? 12 to 1 is what I'm seeing on one of the sites. Brooke Purdy's not going to be the MVP, as I said two weeks ago. There's no way you can make that guy the MVP. His team is totally stacked. And if Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott was on his team, they'd be undefeated. Like Brock Purdy had four interceptions last night. I don't want to go down that road too much, but I bring that up with the MVP conversation. Because Jason Tatum is going to be the best player on a team that has by far the best record. So if Brock Purdy was going to win the MVP in the NFL, like if he had a decent game last night, his odds would still be incredible. He'd be the overwhelming favorite. Instead, it's Lamar Jackson. But the Boston Celtics are going to have by far the best record in the NBA well, why wouldn't their best player get the MVP? I mean, what's the difference? So, so I look at the, what the odds are right now for, for MVP. Jason Tatum, 
25 to 1. Okay. It just it just is mind-blowing to me. You're going to give me 25 to 1 on Tatum. His team is going to definitely have the best record in NBA and probably by four or five games. He's the best player on the team. Everybody knows it. Well, what's the difference with Brock Purdy in San Francisco? Like, except that Jason Tatum is like actually really, really good. Brock Purdy is, uh, yeah, I mean, he does a fine job. And as we said last week, hey, maybe he deserves that MVP because the salary is less than a million. And from the salary cap standpoint, it makes sense here and there. All right. And I understood that take and I loved it. It was a great take. But when you come out in the game like last night, Purdy, and just four interceptions, completely costing your team any chance at the game, uh, you know, uh, talent at some point wins. So I'm just putting it out there. Jason Tatum, nobody's talking about him for the MVP. Enough for nothing. When you watch him, he's not the most valuable player. But his team is the best. And if he goes on a stretch of hitting 40-point games, as he's done in the past, give a couple weeks going by with in the middle of the, you know, the, the late winter seasons here, February, March, and Tatum throws up four or five 40-point games in a row, which he definitely can. 25-1 to 1 won't be such a bad play. I bet you he might be the favorite come the NBA season, the end. Let's see. Uh, that's, that's just something I'm, I'm putting out there because it just is, it, it's the same situation. Brock Purdy, best, you know, best team by far. He was just a guy on the team managing it. Jason Tatum, best team by far. He's the definite best player. So let's see what happens. I can't wait to dig into this Baltimore-San Francisco game. We're going to do that right when we come back. The San Francisco 49ers are going to win the NFL championship year this, this year. This is going to happen. You're listening to The Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. Welcome back. The Sports Machine with Slim, welcome back from your holiday weekend. Welcome back from the commercial. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are here every weekday from 10 to 11, live. Take callers on the air, and I give you my takes. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not so good. I try my best every day, and I really believe them 100%. That's the thing you get about me. You get a real person behind the microphone here. I make plenty of mistakes. Plenty of mistakes, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Share them with the world almost. I almost brag about them. I think they, my mistakes set me up to be made fun of, and... I don't consider myself to be that funny of a person, but I'm real good at putting myself into situations where people can uh, make fun of things that I've done and or said. What I will tell everybody, I do not feel good about this weekend's games for many people. I think a lot of gamblers out there got absolutely crushed. Absolutely crushed. All the, all the teams that were like heavily, heavily bet by the fans on one side the other side took him down in the NFL this weekend. It was really insane, and I noticed a trend here. I don't know if you're hearing this anywhere else, but my trend is, I mean, you didn't want to be home for the holidays and if you were in the NFL or if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. Look at the road teams and how they did on Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day, right? Christmas Eve, the Patriots go on the road that night and beat Denver outright when everybody was playing Denver. Everybody that was betting was betting Denver. Patriots not only covered a spread, they win the game outright. Christmas Eve, Denver. Hmm, their players probably thinking about getting home to their families 
and having a Christmas Eve party and being able to celebrate the next day, Christmas Day, the day off. So their mindset, where was it? Christmas Eve, I would say the Patriots went out there on a business trip, not thinking about their families. Then you wake up Christmas Day, first game, Raiders go into Kansas City. Raiders spank Kansas City. Everybody liked KC. They had just beaten the Raiders by two touchdowns a few weeks before at the Raiders. Yet the Raiders hop on a flight, go play KC, kick the crap out of them. Then what happens after that game? Philadelphia and the Giants. Giants on the road. They go and put up a great battle against Philly. It's just Philadelphia is too big. Too big. You see the guys rushing against their offensive line. It's like <laughs> Nats. Just get them get away from me. Philadelphia's offensive line, too big for the Giants. But the Giants put up a heck of a fight. Road team. Patriots. I mean, sorry, Celtics go on the road. At Los Angeles. Celts are away from their family. They're used to it. They got a four-day road trip here. They're on the road. They're there to play basketball. Lakers? I don't know. What'd they do that morning? Watch their kids open presents? All right, now let's go get geared up and play basketball. Maybe something to think about. Then you see Baltimore last night flying cross country, go play San Francisco, and absolutely destroy the team that I said is going to win the NFL championship this year. Baltimore on the road wins. Patriots to start Christmas Eve on the road wins. Raiders go to Kansas City. Raiders win. Giants go to Philly. Giants put up a heck of a fight. Had a chance to win that game. You don't want to be home for Christmas, baby. If you're in the NFL, you want to be on the road. It's a unifying sign of toughness. I love that the Patriots didn't quit. I said that earlier. Did San Francisco quit last night? Like, Did they show up not ready to play? I'm not going to give them that built-in excuse, even though I just showed everybody. I mean, it would seem to me pretty obvious that the home team uh, wasn't in the same mindset over the weekend here as the road teams and the underdogs. The underdogs always have a built-in advantage anyway. They always want You always want to operate with that ferocity when everybody's telling you you're going to lose. Last night, Baltimore had it big, big, big time. And the physical mismatch that usually San Francisco has – that wasn't what was going on last night, baby. Baltimore is, is the, right in the same ballpark as San Fran. I'm going to tell you what. You watch what's going on with San Francisco last night, and boy, their, their defense is so fast. So, so fast. It's intimidating to play against them because you know when you catch the ball, you're going to get nailed. But Baltimore likes that type of stuff. They got a guy over there, Baltimore. I read this quote this morning. Baltimore inside linebacker Patrick Queen. Here's what he says. He says, uh, we work too hard for people to be writing us off already. You kind of feel a certain way about stuff like that when somebody writes you off before you even get a chance to play the game. So my message was just go out there and just take what we want. And he also said that other teams are out here playing a brand of basketball on the field with all the different stunts and offensive type of play calls that they're doing. When you play against us, you better be prepared to take a hit in the mouth every single play. That's, that's paraphrasing what he said, but that's the mindset in that Baltimore locker room right now. They feel they're tougher than everybody else, and I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to argue that at all. In the AFC, 
I mean, now everybody's going to be saying, hey, it's Baltimore. Baltimore's going to win the AFC. And they go home this week to play Miami. What another week we have in the NFL. This, this past week was absolutely not so. Guess what? There's more to come this week, this coming weekend. We got two games Saturday, Detroit at Dallas Saturday night. Detroit is tied uh, for the best record in the NFC. So, they, I mean, they're trying to win every game out. At Dallas, Dallas favored by six and a half. We're going to have Miami at Baltimore this coming Sunday. Baltimore's favored by three. Isn't that interesting? Miami at Baltimore. Baltimore only favored by three. I would have thought that might be five or six. I think people are going to be running, running to the tote machine to uh, to play Baltimore. I'm going to say I'll withhold my opinion on that game. Last night, Baltimore jacked up to the nines. They are ready to rock and roll, and they were the underdog. They were away from their families. They were hungry, and they came out, and Brock Purdy obliged. Three interceptions in the first half. Four interceptions for the game. Brock Purdy. You want to talk about a capitulation game that I saw coming for the Patriots, man. That was a capitulation effort by Brock Purdy. He's still in there banging around trying to trying his best. But some of those throws, like, listen, this guy is not in the same level of category NFL quarterback as, I mean, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. This is a noticeable step down, even on the, the balls that he throws. He just doesn't have the same gas on him. Now, he still has an incredible team. So what I'm arriving at, from my opinion, moving forward here, yes, the San Francisco 49ers will still be the champions in the NFL this year because they're just too physical for the other teams in the NFC. They already showed when they played Philly. I mean, they steamrolled Philly at Philadelphia. Philly's used to being able to physically dominate teams when they met a team that was just as physical as them. They were, they, were, they were crushed because the skill positions for San Fran too strong. Last night, with a skill position player shut down by Baltimore, meh, Christian McCaffrey still had a good day. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, they had a little bit of a tough time getting on track. A lot of pressure on Purdy last night. Baltimore's legit, no doubt about it. So we're going to have a battle. Are we going to see that in the, in the championship game here this year? Are we going to have a rematch? From last night, is it going to be Baltimore versus San Fran? I'm all over San Fran. In the NFC, I would tell you, Tampa Bay is a little under the radar. Baker Mayfield is better than most quarterbacks in the NFL. I thought I was wrong on that guy. I wanted him as the number one pick years ago when he came out. He had struggles all the way through over the last few years, bounced around teams. Boy, he's playing really well, and Mike Evans is awesome in Tampa Bay right now. They got a defense. Their offensive line seems to be playing well. So, I can make a little case for Tampa Bay. I'd make more of a case for Tampa Bay than I would Philadelphia or Dallas. Not for nothing. I would. I, I can't wait. I hope Tampa Bay plays one of those two teams in the first round of the playoffs and Tampa Bay's going to be at home. Everybody's going to like the other side. I'm going to be on Tampa Bay, baby. Tampa Bay, the Rams are making a little noise out west too. They just seem like they've turned a corner in the last three to four weeks. We'll see what happens with them and their matchups. Moving forward, I just I like I like San Francisco's talent too much, and I think a loss like this really puts that team where they need to be moving forward for the rest of the season. Plus, they got exposure to Garden, a guy like Lamar Jackson, who, if you listened to our um, shows over the last couple of days, the tape segments, whether it was over the weekend or or Monday here yesterday, Dave, my brother Dave, he pointed out, boy, hey, 
the Baltimore. He was all over Baltimore. He told you all, all day on on the show. He loved Baltimore, and he said San Francisco. Even though I think they're going to lose, I think they'll benefit from this type of a, of a loss and this type of a game going against a guy like Lamar Jackson because you just can't replicate his speed. That's why he's something like 19 and one in his last 20 games against the NFC. You just don't have the time to prepare for the guy. You don't, and you can't simulate that in practice. Like he's just too fast. It's insane every single week. If you bet against him, you think he should get taken down, and he doesn't. He escapes from not just one guy. It's like three, four guys all the time. Lamar Jackson's your MVP in the NFL, unless Miami goes into Baltimore this coming week. We're going to preview some of uh, the upcoming action that will be in the week ahead on the Sports Machine with Slim in the NFL, the NBA. You are listening to WKXL. It's 14.50 a.m., 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. We'll be right back to preview the week ahead. Machine with Slim. We got so much coming up this next weekend. My goodness. Yeah, the college football stuff kicks in the high gear Friday. It's it's New Year's. It's New Year's. A week. What happened? Year 2023 has gone by in the blink of an eye for me. I don't know if other people out there feel the same way. I'm looking forward to 2024 minus all the political stuff and the advertisements. Oh, my gosh we got to get ready for all that stuff. The mailers. I love the mailers collecting those where you get like five every single day in your mailbox, especially if you're an independent because both sides wants to, wants to grab your attention. It's like, leave me alone. Uh, the Boston Celtics have, I guess, a little break for a couple days. Next game's Thursday at home, Detroit. Then we play Friday at home, Toronto. Then Christmas, uh, sorry, New Year's Eve at San Antonio. An abysmal team over there. Detroit at home, Toronto at home, San Antonio on the road. That's three more wins. Celtics is so good. They're going to be looking 26-6. and six. This Celtics team's going to win like 70 games. They really are. Maybe not 70, but 65 anyway. 65-17? They'll be better than that. They'll win more than 65 games. The Celtics team is so deep and so good. You have guys on the bench that can't wait to get in the game. Peyton Pritchard last uh, yesterday, 10 points in a row at one point. Now he finished the game with 10. But I've been calling it over the last couple weeks. If you watched him shoot and Hauser, but especially Pritchard, if he's open from three, it's going in. It's going in. Pritchard is one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA right now. And I could break out the numbers and show you. He's shooting like 60% over his last seven games. Pritchard, you can't, you can't guard everybody. He's open. Like, they're going to leave somebody open. If you leave Peyton Pritchard open... He's going to score. If you leave Sam Hauser open, he's going to score. Yeah, we're going to have some games that we don't make our threes. Of course we are. The Celtics shoot too many threes. Yeah, of course we are. Yes, we do. But these guys can all shoot, and that's not going to change. And these guys are hungry. The guys on the bench that aren't playing as much, they are hungry. So when they get in the game, there's full action. There's full you know, hunger. I can't say it anything more than that. And we just need our starters, especially Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, to play with that same level of hunger. I know Drew Holiday has it. Horford will bring it off the bench. That's right where we need him. 
Porzingis, he's back from an injury. Playing great again. Too many weapons on the Celtics team. We're going to steamroll to the championship. The NFL action coming up this weekend. I just mentioned it there. Detroit at Dallas on Saturday night. Awesome game, right? I mean, Detroit is still untested. People still, and I'm one of them. I think the Detroit defense is not good. And I know Jared Goff in big situations can be shut down. He hasn't, I mean, remember back to the Super Bowl. That was embarrassing how much the Patriots crushed that guy in that Super Bowl. Well, he's, this is his redemption season, apparently. Detroit looks great. I knew at the end of last year they were playing real, real good. But this year, it's like, okay, you're different. You start talking about a team that's, what, 11-4. and four. People are going to take notice. People want to watch them play Dallas. Dallas is coming off a couple of losses. They got beat up a couple weeks ago, and then this weekend, how about that Dallas-Miami game? We talked about that the other day. Boy, Miami is under the radar, too. We got all these teams. It's so funny. This NFL season is so wide open. I don't think I've ever seen a season like this. You have Miami this coming weekend playing Baltimore on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Said Baltimore's favored by three. If Miami wins, they will be in the number one spot in the AFC. Miami will, will you know, be looking at a first-round bye, which of course everybody would want. What the heck? I mean, the AFC is so wide open. If you can just pass, take a freebie on a game, and then get home field in the next game, yeah, sign me up. Like, oh yeah, We'll take our chances with that. So Miami, if they happen to beat Baltimore this weekend, they're in that situation. If they lose... The following week, and say Buffalo beats the Patriots this coming weekend because the Pats are at the Bills. Bills are favored by 12. So, I mean, great victory by the Pats the other night, but I think you're going to be in trouble going at Buffalo this coming weekend. I think you're going to be in a lot of trouble. I could be wrong. My predictions, as we know, sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. But I would say the Patriots are in big trouble against the Bills this coming weekend. So, if the Bills win and Miami loses to Baltimore the following week, the Bills and Miami play. If the Bills win, they would have, they would win the division. So their first round game would be at home. Miami would have to go on the road. So how about that from a Miami standpoint? They're looking at a game here. They just beat Dallas. Real tough game against a physical team. They eke one out at the end. Miami gets the W. Which hey, slow and steady. They're they're proving themselves. I'm I'm not I'm not a big Tua fan. I'm not a Tyreek Hill fan, even though he's unbelievable and definitely the best receiver in football. No question about that. I mean, this guy, he really has a chance at MVP. I think his odds are 22-1. to 1. If he comes out with an absolute monster game this coming Sunday, if, if Miami beats Baltimore on that stage so that Miami overtakes the number one seed in the AFC, how could you possibly give anybody the MVP other than somebody who's on Miami? I mean, just process of elimination in big, big games when everybody's watching. Baltimore last night, Lamar Jackson steamrolls over San Francisco, so Lamar is a huge favorite. He's minus 160. Well, he's at home next week against Miami. If Miami comes into their stadium and beats Baltimore, how can you not give the MVP to either Tua or Tyreek Hill? Well, then I guess the following week, maybe Miami would lose to Buffalo, and then we'd be right back in the same spot with everybody having lost. Who knows? I'm kind of hoping that's what happened because I was hoping Dak Prescott would be the guy and get me a winning ticket, but right now it's not looking good. I, I just think that the action going on in the NFL between all these teams with Detroit, 
can they get the number one spot overall? Uh, can they potentially lose the division? Is there a chance? No, because they just eked out a win against Minnesota, right? That was, that was an interesting game. The NFL action, so many teams have a shot. So many teams have a shot. In the AFC, I'm, I'm riding Baltimore for this week against Miami. I do think Baltimore will take out Miami. I do think Baltimore will get the number one seed. But I just, I'm not going to jump on Baltimore's train. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take Buffalo. I'm saying Buffalo has found some, some miracle, some, I don't know, the right path is to success. And they had that heartbreaking loss to Kansas City in the playoffs there a couple of years ago. And maybe there's some redemption due for them. Maybe there's some good times. Maybe Buffalo, that whole region, is due for some success. Finally. I'm betting against the trend because the trend is Buffalo is not a winning organization. Probably not going to make winning moves. In fact, we'll make losing moves like uh, losing a game that you're up on the road and kicking off with 17 seconds left and actually lose the game. Still uh, unbelievable, that coach. But he's still there. McCormick's still there. Maybe Josh Allen's just going to find it, baby. He's good enough. We know that. Josh Allen has the talent. So I'm going to ride Buffalo. I'm going to say they can beat the Patriots this week. I'm going to say they'll go into Miami if it matters. Right, if Miami beats Baltimore this coming week, then the next game, Buffalo and Miami doesn't matter. So Buffalo doesn't even have to play. Hey, whatever. We're going to rest. But if Miami loses to Baltimore this week, <laughs> then Buffalo has to try and play to win the division so they can get home field enough for nothing. They probably get the number two seed overall because Kansas City is just wilting. They've lost, what is it, three games in a row? Patrick Mahomes. I almost feel bad for him. But, I mean, let's back it up. People are saying, hey, Mahomes can challenge Brady's record and stuff. If you're watching football in the last three to four weeks, sorry. Patrick Mahomes, you know Tom Brady, man. <laughs> you're, just, you're just not. Tom Brady's the one and only. He's the GOAT, will forever be the GOAT. Is Patrick Mahomes still the best player in the NFL? In my mind, yes. His receivers, though, they don't help him out. They drop passes. They wrong, run the wrong routes. They don't continue on their routes when he's scrambling out and in traffic. It's just... You can see it's all wearing down on Mahomes and frustration levels building up. I said, hey, they can turn things around. And in the playoffs, they can win a game or two. There's no doubt about it. All their receivers need to do is catch the ball. They look like a beaten team right now. Patrick Mahomes is still a champion, man. He's won two championships. And you can't totally dismiss a guy like that when the playoffs come. This is just wide open. This, this a- a- AFC, it- it's ridiculous. And I know people would say, oh, Baltimore's, you know, they're at the cream of the crop. It's like, he hasn't proven himself to be able to win playoff games. Lamar Jackson, he wants to win this year. His attitude, even if you see him, he would be a guy, I would say, Jason Tatum, you need to spend more time with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is not worried about catching that ball at the end for an extra turnover in his statistic line, like Jason Tatum was yesterday. Lamar Jackson just wants to win. And that mindset will make you win. I wish I knew how to package it and give it to Jason Tatum for a holiday present. I wish I could do something like that, but I can't. Unless he magically finds himself listening to the airwaves of WKXL Radio, tuning into the sports machine with Slim, or maybe we get some video clips and find a way to circulate this news to him on social media so he can see. Stop worrying about things that don't matter, Tatum. Do a Lamar Jackson. Just get the W. That's all we're focused on. And he's scary right now. But 
Let's see when the playoffs come if that Buffalo defense will be a little bit more scary. Who knows? Maybe this coming weekend Miami's defense is going to be more scary than we think. We got a great week of action in the NFL lined up. We got a great week of shows planned for the Sports Machine with Slim. I hope you tune in every day, weekdays 10 to 11. WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. You can hear us live right there every day, or you can download past episodes. Come along for the ride, New Hampshire. We're doing something special here. Have a good day.